Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Olson. And welcome back to episode two of the Cinematic Stories podcast. It's the podcast where I talk to really cool people about their life through their favorite films. And uh, be sure to go back and check out episode one if you haven't already done so. Um, that's kind of like a blueprint, if you will, for how the show goes. And um, But uh, we'll go ahead and get into this week's episode and go ahead and meet my guest for today. So I want to welcome... Well, first time on this show, but uh, welcome Jeffrey Moss. Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Thomas, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, Jeffrey. It's awesome to have you here. And uh, um, I mentioned last time I, I used to run another superhero movie podcast, and Jeffrey was a big staple of that show. So it, uh, it's you know it's awesome to have you back as on the second episode. So. Um, so, Jeffrey, I know you really well, and maybe some other people that listen to this might know you from my other podcasts, but uh, um, do you mind giving us a little bit of, like, telling us a little about who you are, like, what do you like to do for fun, maybe some things that make you unique, um, some of your, what do you, what do you, or some interesting characteristic traits about yourself? I would be delighted to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, like you said before, Thomas, like, we've done quite a few podcast episodes together, and it was so much fun, and I, I'm so excited to be here on this new one. Um, it was a little weird listening to that first one, and I think any anybody that listened to the the superhero movie cast, you know, we had that last episode that was very very emotional, but very fun, and I don't know, it's just looking forward. It's so exciting, and so I'm yeah. just happy to be here. Uh, about me, hello, my name is Jeffrey. <laughs> um, I am a huge fan of basically everything that's nerdy. Uh, so my huge things are comic books and board games, movies, shows, basically a little bit of everything. Um, anybody, again, anyone that listened to the Superhero Movie Cast is well aware that I am basically obsessed with comic books, as we were talking beforehand about the wall yep. behind me here. I was um, going to say, if I was <laughs> if I was to pick one of those things out, just from knowing, I'd, I'd say comic books was be like your your number number one, right? That, that is kind of my passion. That's my love. Yeah. But um, I, I I have my like hand in all sorts of pies all the time. But yeah. Um, so yeah, comics, miniatures, board gaming, not as much video gaming because I'm a dad and that just happens to yeah. a lot. But uh, and yeah, well, I'll say though it's fun when your kids get a little older, like. My kids are five and three, and they, um, you know, they're still young. But we play Mario games sometimes, which is a lot of fun. So I, I'm very much looking forward to that because every so often we will play games. So my daughter Eleanor, she is two and a half, almost three. Yeah. So she's still kind of in that like learning and like growing phase. And anytime we do play games like on our TV, she gets so excited and like wants it. Like we give her the the little brother controller that is not plugged in, obviously. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she gets so excited for like anything that we have up there. And so thinking nice. about that in the future is, oh, I can't wait for that. That'll be so yeah, fun yeah. to crush my child in Mario Kart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got to, yeah. I got to learn somehow. Oh, yeah. I play Mario party with my kids sometimes and, uh, you know, I, I don't really hold back. And, uh, so, <laughs> They gotta learn, Thomas. They gotta learn. Yeah, exactly. 
it's going to be ruthless out in the real world. I remember what it was like playing with my brothers and my cousins and friends. Play, so, you know. They, they learn it validates you a little bit. Everyone wins. Yeah. <laughs> Except I bet what's funny, though, is in probably like four or five years even, they're going to be kicking my butt in like any video game just because. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to take it when I can. I take the wins when I can. Exactly. Well, you still can. Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else about yourself you want to share with the listeners or? I, I, I mean, and then it kind of goes along with this podcast and the other where it's like movies and TVs are also such a huge staple, um, especially lately <laughs> when the when the pandemic hit. My wife and I, we had so many movie marathons and so many show marathons. We would just rewatch old shows that we loved. And then that was so exciting. I think that kind of also helped jumpstart my love of movies again was just sitting back and we would watch, you know, marathons of like all the Jurassic Park movies and all of Star Wars, all of Jaws, all like all of these different movies. And that just got me so excited again. And then going on your podcast, like anytime we have conversations, it just reminds me how much like cinema means to me. Even if it's not, you know, like comic books are like my big thing, but movies will always be there and will always be such a huge part of my life. Even yeah. though it's like not something I think about all the time when we talk, it's like, Oh yeah, I have such strong opinions and emotions and feelings from all this stuff. And so it's always fun just to, I don't know, ramble on about, yeah. <laughs> about movies that we love. So, well, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you today because I, you know, the last three years, four years or so, five years, whatever it was, we did super movie cast for like, I, I feel like I got to know your taste really well of the superhero movies. And I know we talked a little bit outside of other movies during that time, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I feel like will be new for me to learn about you through some of the, the these questions. So I'm excited for that. Um, Thomas, I would be happy for you to dive into my mind and just <laughs> fascinating, fun things. Yeah, for sure. Well, so tell me real quick, what um, what kind of movie genres do you usually tend to gravitate to? Or are you pretty diverse what you like? So with a lot of these questions, I actually discussed with my wife. I kind of used her as like a idea board when I was talking about that. And so usually with like with comics or books or like games, I kind of have my holy trinity of genres which is sci-fi, fantasy, and superhero. Those are kind of like the big, like, ones that interest me a lot in those specific, like, mediums. Mm-hmm. But then when I was thinking about movies, it kind of shifted a little bit. So, like, all of those are still under the umbrella. Um, but for me, it was really, I'll say, like, action-adventure, humor, comedy, and then this is a weird one, but my wife and I kept saying this word and it's just one that like fits so well. And that's cozy. So just like comforting, cozy, like, so those are kind of the three that we like find ourselves going back to a lot. So, you know, you have the action adventure, you have the fun, like bombastic, big stuff. You have humor is such a big part of our lives. And who doesn't love sitting in a movie and just laughing uncontrollably at something and then yeah that final one to round it out is just good comforting fun sweet like good vibes good feelings yeah uh, types of movies so those are kind of the big three that i 
mm. kind of encompasses everything, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I guess that because because I'm thinking like my first thought when you said cozy, I was thinking rom-com, but then I could, but I was also thinking like, well, it could still be dramas. It could be, you know, a, a good old sentimental sports movie. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking of for me what that could fit. So <laughs> I'm saying anyway, I'm excited like, to hear more about it. She's like Lord of the Rings. Isn't that like a cozy film for you? Like, yeah, totally. I was like, yeah, I, I guess so. Actually, like, I, I'd so have stuff, that cozy. Yeah. Stuff that, stuff that just makes you so happy when you're sitting yeah. there. So are you are you a horror movie fan? I can't remember if we've talked about this before. <laughs> That's a good question, Thomas. Um, I really enjoy horror. So I, I like the concepts of it. I love, like, games and books and, like, horror comics and stuff. I, I struggle with horror movies a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because, like, I don't know, there's just something about the whole package of, like, the cinema, the shots, the the darkness, the unknown, the music. Like, there's so much about them that makes them very intense. And so I usually stay away from them. If I am a huge fan of, like, uh, like the 1980s slasher films, like that style of horror I really like just because, you know, they're kind of campy and funny, but then also kind of scary. And so you get little elements of that. So, yeah. From that perspective, yeah, but I, I, sometimes I cannot handle that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you too. I think that's kind of how I am with it. So, um, well, cool. Well, let's let's jump into it. Let's uh, get to know you a little bit more through some of these movies. So, I'm gonna have the same questions that I went through last week with or last time with Tim. He interviewed me. We'll we'll be doing those same questions. Feel free to to um, go on tangents, tell stories, however you want to answer it. Um, it's really flexible. So um, let's start with the first one. So what is one of the most meaningful t- movies to you and, and what makes it so meaningful for you? This one was a very interesting question to think about. And with all of these questions, I know this is a lot of preamble, but oh, go <laughs> with all it. these questions, <laughs> I, I like to put an asterisk on them just because right now at this moment, this is how I feel. Yeah, um, that's a good and point. Think, yeah, and and I think that does a lot. Like you know, Thomas, we love doing like top ten lists. Like, oh right, yeah, yeah. That oh, we love doing that, and it's always fun because it's like a little snapshot of your life at that moment in time. Because I'm like, my top ten favorite comics will change, you know, fairly often. <laughs> you know, like what what's really impacting me and what's really feeling. And so this was really cool to look at these questions and be like, right now, how do I feel mm-hmm. about cinema? How do I feel about, you know, this this medium that is just so impressive? And so the one that really stuck out for a meaningful movie is <clears throat> The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh, I'm excited. I love, is, I love that movie, yeah. <laughs> which is one of, if not probably, my all-time favorite movie. And so the the reasoning behind this one is this movie has just been associated with me for the longest time. Like, even from a little kid, like, I was obsessed with this movie, watching it all the time. Um, and when I was thinking about that, like, meaningful to me, it was it was a very, like, introspective, like, what what does this film mean to me? And what, like, how has it changed me or how has it shaped me? And everything about Nightmare Before Christmas is 
spectacular. Like literally like every instant on film, every scene, every just flash and you miss it moment is just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's incredible. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Like, and, and it's so difficult to describe just because like for me, I, I have a artistic background. So in, you know, drawing, painting, art, you know, music, acting, like I, I've done all of these things. And so to see this movie and to see the work that went into it, like stop motion animation is one of my absolute favorite um, styles of, of film and TV. Just because you think about like all the artists and all the painters and sculptors, like everything that goes into this to yeah, me. Yeah, it's insane to think about all the work that they do on those types of movies. So. <laughs> like seeing behind the scenes stuff, it is incredible that any of that gets made. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's truly magical. And then when you when you see that, when you see the hard work and then you see the final product, it's almost like it is magic. Um, so everything about that movie from like a technical standpoint is amazing and spectacular. But then you also have the design, the look, the music, the acting, the characters, like everything about it is so on point. Like every choice was just spot on. Every actor is amazing. The voices, like it all comes together to this amazing package that's only like an hour and a half long. Like it's not yeah. a super huge film, but I don't know. It just meant so much to me growing up. And like, it sounds so cheesy saying just like the person that I've become. You know, and the and the things that I like, it, it just shaped so much of like what I do art wise now, like what I enjoy, what, you know, the type of music that really impacts me. It, it just meant a lot to me growing up as a kid. It will show up a little bit later for one of these questions so, awesome. <laughs> as, as another reason why it's so meaningful. So it, it, I guess to boil it down, it's just it's been a film that has followed me so strongly and it's one that I will put on any time and I will gladly rewatch and I will yeah. sing the top of my lungs, every song. And I'm pretty sure I can quote the entire movie at this point. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's just one that literally like the question says is so meaningful. It means so much to me as a person and as a, creative individual as an artistic individual it's just shaped so much of that would you say so yeah it's it's influenced a lot of your own art your own ways of expressing art your artistic abilities i guess maybe oh yeah um like tim burton's style and everything in that movie just had a huge impact on me like i'm not making like everything isn't curly q and pinstriped in everything i do there's a lot of pinstripe don't get me wrong it's not all pinstripe um, but just that, that fun sensibility of everything. Like there's a little bit of horror, but it's not over the top. So it's like yeah. horror, but funny and quaint and cute. Yeah. Just is weird to say, but like well, anyone that's seen the movie will a hundred percent know what that means, but it's it, yeah. When you were describing how like you like horror, but, but, but not in, 
And I was thinking for myself, I was like, yeah, you know, like something like Nightmare Before, I literally in my head was like, Nightmare Before Christmas is perfect. But I'm like, I don't know if people would consider that horror, but it's it's got enough spookiness to it. I feel like that it, for me, it, it could lend it, it lean that direction, I guess. But Oh, yeah. And then <clears throat> along those lines, like with like what genres do I gravitate to? The heroes that I love are always like misunderstood or tragic heroes. I I love that trope so much. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, a hero that str- like struggles and tries so hard to to do the right thing, to be the right person. And I mean, Jack Skellington is picture perfect for that. Yeah. You know, this character that just wants so much. He wants to be happy. He wants to spread that joy to other people, but just doesn't quite understand how to do it. And yeah. then finding that happiness and finding that strength and finding that joy within yourself, even though it's, it, you know, it, it's been there that whole time, but just experiencing and learning and growing. And I think that too, growing up was, I don't know, just something really important, like to see a character like that, like the main character, like he does not make all the right choices all the time. Right. He does not do things correctly a lot, but he's a genuinely good character. And I yeah, know, I think it's a really great, great example of someone, you know, you get sometimes when you get passionate about something, you get carried away with it and you don't always think things through all the way or you might. Yeah, you might cause some some more problems in the way. And I think that's just such a relatable experience. Um, at least I've, I've I feel like watching that. I remember about a year ago. I remember watching it and just feeling like I really related to what Jack was doing in that. And, and even the beginning of the movie where he's like, oh, I mean, I love Halloween. I'm the king of Halloween, but like, ah, what is there more to, you know, just like that whole thing. Like that's also so relatable too. like you doesn't mean you don't like that thing. You're like that thing you're passionate about anymore, but it, there's something missing for you and you have to figure out what that is, you know? Oh, like a hundred percent. Like, and, and like you said, relatable, I think that's the term too. Mm-hmm talking about like a skeleton man who (laughs) Halloween you know but he's such a character that you can literally see yourself in yeah yeah there's times where you know I'm super passionate about something but right now like I don't know like I'm just not feeling it or like I'm going through something in my life and I just I want more but I'm happy and like all of these different things that you can feel right and and it's packaged up in this delightful musical that again like musicals hit so hard and i mean that's what they're supposed to do and you know so it's like all these bits and pieces put together this puzzle of this brilliant movie that i mean i wouldn't say it's underrated it is it it has its fans oh yeah (laughs) it is it, it has exploded quite a bit but it's it's amazing to even just like going to Disneyland now and the how like Halloween Christmas time and how it's just everywhere and at, at when it was released Disney released it under its Touchstone label. They were <laughs> like, they were like oh, I don't know about this Disney brand, but now they're like, oh yeah, come back into the Disney fold, you know. But well, they uh, have fully embraced it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So I don't know if I've shared this with you. My son Crew, um, he's three now, but last year he had just turned two and it was late September. And I don't know, I turned this movie on for the kids because I'm like, oh, Halloween's coming up. And he just loved it. Like he like this the last year. I mean, this movie has been on 
in in my house like countless times i've seen it so many times but i don't like you said i don't it's one that i'm like there's sometimes where i'm like oh let's maybe pick something else but usually i'm like if he wants to watch it i'm like all right but he has like his bed sheets are jack skellington he's got jack skellington shirts he's got jack skellington little stuffed animal he sleeps with he calls him jackie which i think is really cute (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and like i'm trying to think what else he has just i mean he has so many jack skellington things um and it's been like so this movie will always be i always will think of him now just because of it like it has a whole new meeting so um and i thought he might be scared of it too at two years old but like you know he he loved it and like yeah it's like the only thing he would watch when he was two as well because two-year-olds I don't know how your daughter is, but like he he wouldn't hardly watch anything. But if you put on Nightmare Before Christmas, he would. And he calls it Halloween. That's what he calls it. He just calls it Halloween movie. Um, super cute. So it's as like growing up, being such a huge fan of it to hear my two year old daughter like waddle up and just be like Jack and Sally, Jack and Sally. <laughs> and then we have we have this like tiny TV that I had growing up. Um, you know, just like this this small. TV VCR combo that still works miraculously. And oh, we nice. have like a couple of VHSs that we got from like Bookman's or Goodwill. So there's like a couple Muppets and then we have a copy of Nightmare Before Christmas and she watches that thing all the time. <laughs> and so it, it, it's just one of those heartwarming things of like, you know, just like you were saying, like doesn't think it's scary she loves all the characters she'll just be like jack jack and she'll like yell and be excited about it and yeah i don't know it's just super heartwarming to see it is yeah it's so fun too like around halloween time like we would you know people have like their um halloween decorations now and you get like the inflatable jacks and like the oogie boogies and sallies and like he would just i mean all my kids too but he especially would just be like oogie boogie and and jack and sally (laughs) and then also too i need to shout out you jeffrey because the um the memory the matching game that oh, you yeah. or you created that I have a I have a uh which is where where can people buy those by the way if they wanted to your Etsy stuff is that on Etsy is that um we haven't really done Etsy for oh, okay we had a um letter from Warner Brothers once oh. <laughs> it was not too happy but uh, um, okay. <laughs> um but yeah i mean if anybody has them we do a lot of boutiques um, okay and i mean i i can say social stuff at the end and if anybody's interested yeah we do well we're 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 very excited that you guys like this because yeah yeah, the the memory one or matching i don't know what i call it memory but it's the nightmare for christmas one and crew calls it jackie's game jackie's so he's always like let's play jackie's game you know and anyways so it's count it's created countless fun experiences for me and my kids too so that's a that's a great answer for that that first question so um all right let's go to the next one so the next question is what is your family movie so and by this what i mean is like this could be a movie that you and your family grew up watching together quote all the time or just really kind of just reminds you of you and your family like something that you guys bonded over um, this is where I'm going to, uh, cheat a little and do two. So deal with, no, <laughs> um, when I was thinking about this, it, it was really fun. Cause again, Thomas, you have all these fun questions that just make you think and get happy and excited. It's so fun. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if it was like this time of year is hitting. So like Christmas and 
this wonderful holiday season is hitting, but two movies stood out so strongly in my mind. Um, and one of them is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, that's a good one. If you don't like it, what is wrong with you? No. <laughs> that that one, I to this day, that is my mother's favorite movie of all time. Oh, she that's absolutely cool. loves it. Um, and thinking about it, we it, it's one of those ones we would watch every year, and we would watch it multiple times because it is such a sweet, beautiful, like loving and hilarious movie. Yeah. Uh, like, and again, I, I, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, like, the Muppet movies are just so spot on with everything that they do. Because, again, you have these heartwarming moments, and the Muppets are so goofy and funny. And then you have these beautiful songs. And then <laughs> one of the best parts is that you have all these Muppet characters who are goofy and doing all these things. And then you have Michael Caine, who is acting his ass off the entire time and doing this beautiful like Shakespearean Edwards like or Ebenezer Scrooge who is like so good and so you have this dichotomy that is so funny and so brilliant and these songs that just make you feel as dumb as it sounds but literally just makes it feel like Christmas and that 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 was one that just stuck out so much because again my my mother loved that we loved all the songs and we would watch it and that's just one that I, that always makes me feel good like just yeah. constantly anytime I watch it like the it feels like Christmas time song comes on and you're just like oh oh my gosh all the feel like you just feel so good about yourself and so that that was one that was constantly playing I think we would even start like in mid-November, we would start watching it, and yeah, that was a good one. I, it's funny, I didn't know Michael Caine was actually in that till I was like an adult, because I, I only saw that maybe once or twice as a kid, and then watching it later, I'm like, whoa, Michael Caine's in this? Like, right. <laughs> so. it, It's such a choice, but such a good choice. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, though, the other movie that 100% stood out is another Christmas movie, um, this will show just the, the swinging pendulum that is me. Um, so on one side, you have the Muppets Christmas Carol. On the other side, and I do not know how this started. I legitimately don't know if it was just one that we saw on TV and my parents loved it or if they saw it. And that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> this This is one, and again, I do not know why my parents let us watch this as kids. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved when you talked about Home Alone 2 being the one that you guys, like, you would quote right. all the time, and it was just something that was so, like, connected to your family. And I think Christmas Vacation is one for my family. Like, it, it was just so, so connected to us, and we would quote it all the time. It has so many quotable lines. It is so funny. And it's, it's, excuse the pun, but it's like wrapped up in this beautiful present, like all together. So it has the, the hilarious one-liners. It has this insane story, but then it's so relatable. And I mean, any Christmas movie has a little bit of magic to it. 
right. just like a little bit that just makes you feel like you know everyone loves that time of year and mm-hmm. just to have that with i mean clark griswold and chevy chase and just the insanity that ensues um so yeah those are those are two that we again we will sing muppets all the day long and then we will quote the griswold family on a near constant basis to each other that's it's, so christmas vacation i remember as a kid like going to like blockbuster like a video store and i see the, the picture of chevy chase like getting electrocuted in a santa suit mm-hmm. i always wanted to watch it like it just looked so intriguing to me and then i remember seeing vegas vacation did you ever see that one I did, yes. Yeah, I, I I was pretty young too when I saw that, and then I remember learning that this was like part of that series, and just kind of like blew my mind. And I'm I don't think I I I I don't know if I've ever actually seen Christmas Vacation all the way through, except for like I've seen it on TV a lot as a kid, but like I don't know if I ever sat and watched it end to end. But um, anyways, I need to re- I need to revisit that one. Maybe that's one I can add on my Christmas viewing list this year. So. It's, it, it's a good one. And especially the older you get, the more, like, everything yeah. makes so much sense. Like, th- this time of year is so beautiful and so magical, but it's also, like, the most stressful, like, yeah. possible. Especially, like, as, you know, as a kid, it's always just magical. And then, you know, my daughter's still pretty young, but then just, like, having everything prepped and ready and, like, getting her excited and, like, getting every family thing scheduled like that that movie just makes so much more sense the older yeah it. and it's like yep I, I i can appreciate this a lot more now yeah yeah definitely all right let's go to the next question so the next one we have is what is your most watched movie what movie have you seen most um so nightmare before christmas is definitely up there but there is a movie that like my my parents showed it to me when I was super young because by the time I was in like kindergarten, I had the whole movie memorized. In fact, I think I told the story where I came home from kindergarten one day okay. and I was like, Hey mom, we're gonna make a movie today. And she was like, Wait, what? I was like, I would like to make a movie, please. Can we get the video camera? She's like, Let's go for it. So I pulled out all of my toys and I had like all of the characters and I reenacted the entirety of star wars a new hope episode four um i think i have watched this movie i don't even know how many times i like again like i said like i recreated the entirety of it with action figures with micro machine minis with late like all of these different like bits and pieces and you could just see my mom like you can see the camera shaking because my mom is laughing so hard at me just like giving my all to this performance um, <laughs> yeah and, and so yeah it's it's just one that's been so prevalent throughout life and just seeing it so many times and it's one no matter how many times i see it i will not say no <laughs> yeah right Somebody's like, yeah let's watch you know star wars episode four i'll be like yeah shoot let's go right now like let's roll this thing um and it still has that sense of like grandeur, even after all of these times, like that moment when the crawl, you know, goes through and like that bombastic music and you see like the Star Destroyer, you know, chasing the the rebel ship, like all of those things are still like 
I know it's going to happen. I know what's coming, but like, still there's that sense of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, are they going to be okay? And like, what, what's happening? And is everyone going to be safe? And oh, Darth Vader came in. Like, I, I know all the story beats. I know all the moments, but it's still a movie that has that magic. And I, I know I say the term magic a lot, but for me, that's, that's what cinema is. And that's yeah, what a lot of these movies are, is just that feeling that you get when you watch something or when you experience it, that you can watch it like so many times and it doesn't matter. And it, this is definitely one. Like I said, I, I don't even think I can feasibly count how many times I've seen A New Hope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one that still sticks and it's one that, you know, I, again, like I said, I will never say no. I will always watch this movie and I'm sure you've seen it many a time too, Tom. <laughs> Definitely. I, when, uh, I, I still need to see this, uh, this home video though, that you made. <laughs> Do you guys still have it? Do your parents it still have it? Or? Oh, my parents would show it to everybody. That's like so when awesome. I would bring a date over, they would be like, oh my gosh, look at what he did. And I'm like, mom, don't, it's the worst. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Question, uh, how long is it? Is it, like... I'm trying to think, because, I, like, I rushed, like, I rushed through a lot, so it's it's yeah. definitely not, like, the entire time, but I think it's probably, like, a solid 45 minutes, maybe? Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, it's, like, hefty. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, think, I, think, I think my crowning achievement, like, I don't, I don't think I'll ever get better than this, was... I took like a beige blanket that we had. It was like like a knit wool. It was like one of those like uncomfortable blankets. But we had this like beige sand colored one and I draped it over stuff so it looked like the sand dunes of Tatooine. Oh nice. So I, had, I had like these sweeping shots of like all my action figures and I like lay it out and do all that stuff. You know, it was great. That's really cool. <laughs> Smart. Uh, okay, so what is so that was the most watched number four. What's the movie that you've cried the most in? Are you do you cry in movies by the way? Like, uh, I mean, the older I get, the more it's yeah. just, like waterworks will just easily come at this point. Like, if you, I'll sit and watch like three episodes of Bluey and I'll just be crying <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I've always been, like, an emotional person. Like, not in a bad way. Just, like, emotions will come very quickly. And so, again, that, that magic of sitting in a film, like, with the music swelling up, with, you know, these intense moments, these beautiful sequences. Like, I, 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 I will cry fairly often in Gosh. films. Um, and this one, like, two immediately came in mind. Um, one is the same as yours, Thomas, which is oh. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the theater, Thomas right next to me, and I'm, like, trying to stifle it, like, turn away, yeah. like, towards my wife to not, like, look lame in front of Thomas. But oh, it's okay. That movie, too, so. <laughs> that, that movie just had so many moments that were so beautiful and so emotional, especially being so invested in this series. You know, we had all of these movies and it was becoming this this cultural phenomenon that everyone just got so sucked into. And we all loved these characters and to have, I guess we have the blanketed like spoiler for yeah, everyone. Yeah, spoilers for Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I mean, 
on on your left. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like the portals are opening up, everyone's there. Cap gets the hammer, and you're just like crying through it, being like, yeah, like yes, Captain America, like that's so cool. And then, you know, everyone being there, the Avengers assemble, and then, I mean, Tony, you know, Tony having this through line arc of being this kind of dirtbag in the beginning to like the say like the rescuer, the protector, you know, the person who would sacrifice himself so that other people can be safe. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. And then that freaking funeral scene with Morgan, like you were saying, the cheeseburger sequence. Where oh, you're just, yeah, that's... That is heartbreaking. But, yeah. but I mean, the, the moment that, that got me was Steve and Peggy getting getting their moment. Yeah. That's all he wanted. Well, <laughs> That that was like that was what like everything else was so powerful and so intense, but that one just hit me like a sack of bricks. Oh my gosh! Dude, literally, as you're describing all those, like I'm getting goosebumps in my arms. Like that, like, it doesn't. It, uh. The effect never wears off for me when I watch that. Like I was watching that movie a couple months ago. Like I just, cause I'll just turn on an event like a Marvel movie here and there, just to, like have while I'm going to sleep or something. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like The Office used to be my show that I like. Um, which just kind of turn on a lot. Now it's the MCU. That's like another thing. <laughs> but, the, you know, I mean, like, there's, there's enough of it. <laughs> right. It's yeah. There's like hours and hours to. But the scene when uh, Thor chops off Thanos's head and he's like. Uh, just, I don't know, like the walking away in the distance and he's just like so defeated. And then like that part, I like I just started crying like like because that's because I feel like the first time I see it, saw it, there was the big moments like the portals and Tony's death that it, like I cried at, but now there's just like other little parts that like poke me like, Hey, this part's, this part's going to bring up something for you too. So that's like one of them. Or like when, yeah. when, uh, uh, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, um, goes to see, like finds his daughter. He's yeah. like running through the, through the streets and he sees her like that part, man, just like, Oh, that gets me too. <laughs> but like you said too, I mean, there, there's always going to be those big parts that are like very emotional, but yeah, there's, so many little things just stand out. And again, yeah. that's like the cool thing with movies is like the more you watch, the more you just experience, the more you see and more impacts you differently. So, yeah, like all of those moments, like there's all those big things. But, yeah, the minute you said Ant-Man, I was like, oh, no, when he finds his daughter and you're like, yeah, it's just such a sentimental, sweet moment. And, yeah, that, that one gets me oh, every time. Yeah, it's a good one. So uh, you said you mentioned you had another one, though. The other one, and this one, like like Endgame, anytime I watch this movie, it it it's donezo. It's over. Like I will always cry. Um, especially when freaking everything is like ended, and Frodo and Bilbo get on the ship and go to the Grey Havens, and Sam comes back, and then that Annie Lennox like into the West song comes on yeah. at the very end. Return of the King. Um, gets me every time. Dude, yeah, same. Clockwork every time. It, I, I am a blubbering mess when I finish that movie. I just watched, rewatched that about a month or so ago, and yeah, it's that that ending is so it's, it gets like the that that scene that you described too when when Aragon's like being crowned king, and then he walks up to Frodo and Sam and the hobbits, and he's like. You bow to no one, and then everyone bows to them. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's 
like fr- from that point on it's just yeah. like like every point like hits harder and harder and harder until it ends and yeah it's that that one that one hits like every emotion possible for me the part got me the last time i watched it was uh just like just recently was when frodo tells sam to leave after after smeagol's kind of like turned him against each other like oh that part is heartbreaking too that and, and i mean it it's almost like it's nowhere near as long as the mcu but it felt like we had this like three-year run where like it almost felt like the this is gonna sound super dumb but it almost felt like the entirety of like the infinity saga in three movies like yeah you get this yeah. emotional roller coaster that we were all experiencing and then that payoff at the end was so immense. Like we we only had these characters for three movies, but it felt so real and it felt so tight. And I mean, I I will always say that I think Lord of the Rings goes toe to toe with anything, even stuff that's coming out now. Like those movies are still so well done and they hold up. And oh, they totally hold up. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, let's see. What is the first movie you remember ever watching? So, remember watching, I'm going to go back to Star Wars A New Hope. Um, I definitely remember, because that, that was like the time period when like the special editions were coming out. And so like Star Wars Fever, like... Thomas, if I say the power of the force, you know what I'm talking about, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we bought many a toy with that. Yeah, it's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, so like literally 90- probably the sole reason, not the sole reason, but like the catalyst for my siblings and I, like our my brothers and I, like our Star Wars like fandom mania shooting up, if you will. Like, I mean, because we were all into Star Wars before that. But then, like, those toys came out, and then the special editions a year later, and then the prequels two years later. So it was, like, that was the thing that, like, got us hooked back into it and prepped us for all these other things to come. You know, like, had that not happened, I'm sure we would have been excited, but I I don't know. Who who knows? It it was, like, it was, like, a targeted attack, but in the best way, where it was, like, you know, because Star Wars hadn't been around for like a, a while <laughs> right and then it just had this resurgence in the early 90s so from like it felt from like 94 to like 99 when episode one came out there was just this boom of star wars like back in the the like collective consciousness of everybody so with like books like shadow of the empire um like all the games the toys like all of these things were happening and so i i just have distinct memories of sitting there and watching all of those moments and huge shout out and credit to my parents who like they showed it to me and I was obsessed and they just ran with it. They were like, yeah, you know, okay, let's, you know, let's learn all about it. Let's, you know, like all these magazines and toys, like all this fun star Wars stuff. They were just so, so cool and so supportive about that. And yeah. So again, like with the the most watched and with like the first thing I remember, that movie always will hold just this incredibly huge place in my heart. Um, along those lines too, we I, I talked to my mom recently 
And I guess we just didn't put like two and two together for a while. We we were talking about Nightmare Before Christmas and how much I love it. And she's like, yeah, I mean, you guys loved it in the theater. And we're like, wait, what? She's like, yeah. She's like, I saw a commercial for it and I thought you guys would think it's really fun. So I took you guys. So we did the math and that was the first movie I ever saw. Oh, my wow. mom took me to the theater to see Nightmare Before Christmas. So I, I don't remember it because I was super young. Yeah. Uh, but just like thinking about that along the lines of like meaningful movies as well. Like knowing that, you know, that was the first movie that I was taken to the first in theaters was so cool. Like, I, do I have any memory of it? No. But, you know, just the fact that that is, again, something that is so entrenched and ingrained in my life that will be there, you know, forever for me makes it even more meaningful. Like, that yeah, just makes so it all cool. the more interesting and fun for me personally. It's like, yeah, that I guess this movie will just be with me for forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. pretty awesome that it that that yeah, it ended up that way. That that was the first movie I ever saw. Um, it'd be interesting to go back to like what that was actually like because I'm I I think I shared that I think well my brother Matt actually confirmed this I did go see Back to the Future three when I was yeah. a baby but like I don't remember but I just what was that experience like for my dad or my sibling like, <laughs> so um, I mean you've taken a kid to a movie Thomas how do you think it was oh yeah it's, <laughs> <laughs> um it it, it um, will always be special to you that's yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go to the next one. So what is a film that has been a source of comfort for you during a difficult time? Oh, okay. We're going to get a little deep, Thomas. No. <laughs> um, th- this one was, again, this was a really interesting question because I sat there and I just thought, like, like what does this mean to me? Like, what what really has made a huge impact on me. And I was like, well, you know, like Nightmare Before Christmas has always kind of done that, and like Lord of the Rings and stuff. But it's like, you know, I, I will talk about this a lot. And then I was thinking about a time that was incredibly difficult for me. And then like the dominoes just like fell into place as I was thinking about like these core memories from my past. And for me personally, junior high was a nightmare <laughs> let's say um that that's a time and i mean anybody out there can attest that that time is weird and it is uncomfortable and everything just seems wrong <laughs> um I, I don't know i mean we've talked a little bit about us when we were younger and kids so i i don't know what it was like for you thomas but for me, it was just this weird time where, like, you never know who you are or, like, what like what you're about. And so yeah. making friends and... This is a lonely time. Like, I remember, yeah. like, it, was, it was hard. Like, yeah, I felt like I'd have a friend here. And the next thing you know, you're, like, you're not friends with this person, really. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I did have, like, some core friends, like, in my neighborhood and, my and like, my, you know, stuff like that. But, but yeah, school was tough. Like, it was hard to go to school and, like, just not know where I stood with, you know, anyways, trying to find my way. But no, And that, that encapsulates it perfectly where it's like confusion and loneliness. I feel like that, that era of like teenageness 
like hits so hard. Um, so when I was younger to kind of alleviate that, to kind of like get myself out of my shell, I took a lot of acting classes. So from like junior high all the way through like high school and even after I did a lot of theater and I did a lot of classes about film and filmmaking and like just I, I was very entrenched in this. And so I wanted to get out there and watch cinema films, you know, so like stuff that wasn't just my like normal like superhero and you know, like all of these. And one really caught my interest, um, A, because of who was in it. So the movie stars Elijah Wood and the lead singer of a band that I really like called Gogo Bordello. <laughs> but I, I, I was reading about this film and the film is called Everything is Illuminated. Have you ever heard of this? I, I have not. Okay. Um, so it's the movie that came, so it, it came out in, I want to say 2004 or 2005. It's like right after Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. And so, again, this was a time period where, like, I wanted to get a lot of good, like, drama and interesting things to draw on whenever I was doing acting performances and learning about that. And so I started watching this movie, and the movie kind of broke me, but then, like, did so much to make me feel and and really like learn more about myself and i know that sounds weird and kind of cheesy but it it was such a a deep movie especially for that time so no spoilies because if you haven't seen it thomas i think you would actually really like it Mm -hmm. um it's the uh liv schreiber it was his first okay directorial debut um oh he was a director yeah and so the the story is that Elijah Wood plays um, this Jewish man living in America. And so he's super big into like family history and like learning about his people, learning about his family. And he realizes that he kind of has this missing piece where he knows that his, I believe it was his grandfather or great grandfather, like lived during World War II and like was rescued by a family. And so he wants to learn more about that family. Um, So what he does is he charters this um, young man and his grandfather who are like, yeah, like we'll take you guys like around all the places. They're kind of like hucksters in that sense. Like they, they kind of like don't actually do stuff. Hmm. So he, he gets over there to like, Russia and Ukraine, like these areas that like where his family is from. And so it starts off as kind of this funny, like situational, like, oh, like he gets himself in weird situations. And so it's like this funny movie. And then it takes this really hard right into this really dramatic, really beautiful movie about who we are as people and like where we come from, what is most important in our lives. And so he's he's trying to find this information about his grandfather and about this family that rescued him during World War II. 
And so along the way, like the the grandson and the grandfather are like, you know, normally we don't care about this, but like your story is beautiful. Like we actually want to help you. And so <clears throat> they're able to track down this family that that helped his grandfather like escape from the Nazis. And so it's it's just this really beautiful really beautiful, really sad, very funny, like all of these different emotions combined in this film. And that hit so hard when I was young. Because again, like a lot of what I was watching was like Star Wars and, you know, all, all kind of like the mainstream, you know, stuff. And to find this random movie that is not talked about a lot <laughs> yeah, can fly pretty under the radar, but it had such a beautiful message. And again, anytime anything about who you are as a person, who you are as a family member or your religion, like any of these things get brought up, it immediately gets super personable and it gets really intense, like in a good way. And it made me think so hard about who I was during that time. And it really helped me kind of get out of this weird funk that I was in. Because, again, the, the movie is all about who you are as a person and what really matters to you, like where you come from, what that legacy is that you uphold and how to like just be a better person and the, to be the person that you really are meant to be. And as a teenager who had absolutely zero idea where I was going in life, that message was so beautiful. And it hit so hard. And so it's one that I love. I haven't watched it in a while. It was one of those, like, it like it hit so hard. And it was like a time capsule, like, core memory that I have that I, I'm worried that it would be difficult to go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, have you ever had something like that? Oh, sure, before? yeah. Where it's just like, I know the movie is good. But yeah. I also like have such a strong feeling towards it and such a strong memory about it that is it's it, almost you like we watched it as like a when you were a teenager then or yeah so so I watched it then and then I think I watched it a couple years later and then since then like I still have it I still have my blockbuster copy of it. Yeah. <laughs> is it an actual blockbuster like? You know, like they give you the the case to take home. Is it so, like so? That? It has like it has like the picture, but then inside it has like the stamped like the blockbuster oh. cases that they made. Yeah, I think I bought it. Like I think that was like the only place I could find it. Oh, because like yeah, nobody knew what this film was and stuff. So yeah, that that one definitely hit in like this real difficult time that was just weird and uncomfortable. But then to see two different people in that film experience like love and understanding and camaraderie together like again i don't i don't want to spoil it because like i don't think anyone's seen it i i highly recommend it it is it is a gorgeous beautiful film that it's pretty hard (laughs) Um, but yeah just to have something like that during those formative years was so so sweet and so nice to just have and to have that experience especially going through that time and to 
just have that experience and yeah. to, to be able to grow up to understand and yeah well yeah that's cool yeah thanks for sharing that and i think uh to add that to my list i yeah like i said i never actually heard, heard of it so also i looked up Liv schreiber that's the only movie he's ever only ever directed to really yeah so it's 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 a wild movie like it is like i said like it starts off it is a very funny like situational like awkward comedy and then yeah it it takes just a turn that you do not see coming <laughs> but like in the in the best sort of way and again yeah. i know that's so vague but i i highly recommend it so it's called everything is illuminated if you, if you get the shot honestly take it it's it's cool. it's a gorgeous film cool awesome well i will i'm gonna add it to my list um all right let's see the next question do you prefer watching movies in that like at the movie theater or at, at home <sighs> i i love the movie theater experience i i genuinely do there's something deeply personable and magic about it as nicole kidman would say going to an amc right. uh, so th- this this is probably the hardest question thomas it legitimately oh, is because go- going to a movie theater is so fun it's so magnetic and so intense you know you you sit there and it's impossible not to be immediately sucked in to whatever it is you're watching um, I think like you said like sometimes it's harder to watch stuff at home or like get into stuff but if I'm in a theater I'm a hundred percent invested yeah like it does not matter I will not touch my phone I am just glued onto that screen um, so I think with a lot of stuff I prefer the theater experience just because again it's there's something different. There's something heart pounding. There's something that draws you in so much. And it is a moment in time that's like frozen where nothing else is there. Literally, like nothing could be around you. And it's just this movie. Um, I will say, though. It's kind of nice to be at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we talked about it and we were like, yeah, movie theaters are great, but. Like probably too much information but like i don't i don't have to wear pants at home so that's a huge plus to that experience but you get hungry <laughs> pause it get to pee yeah i saw black so, panther wakanda forever which is like a two hour 40 minute movie and i had to pee at one part and it was like the first time i've had to pee in a movie for a while and it was so frustrating that i couldn't pause it but that's anyways, I mean, yeah. and especially i mean thomas you you 100 percent know like when you have kids like it gets harder to do stuff <laughs> yeah. and it, it becomes like there, there's so many movies that like, I still haven't seen Wakanda forever yet. Um, yeah. Black widow. Like we never saw it in theaters. We just did the Disney plus thing. Um, so there, there was a lot of that. And like I said, especially during the pandemic where movie theaters were just like not an option. We had these experiences where, like all three of us would bundle up together and we we've taken Eleanor to uh, movies before and it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. (laughs) Sometimes she'll be really good. And other times she just will not care. Um, But again, and, and that's why this was so difficult because 
yeah, like movie theaters are so fun, but then those memories of like when we when we had Eleanor, it was literally like the day before all the lockdown stuff hit super hard. So like we brought her home and that's like when everything hit the fan and it was just like lockdowns, everything shut down. And so like I said before, like that's when we were able to just have these movie marathons and there was a different magic to that. Like it was still there and like still those movie theater experiences are so important to me, but I don't know that those memories of like those first like two months of us just with our newborn sitting there experiencing all these movies again together and especially as a family. Um, like I said, the older I get and like the longer I'm a dad, like emotions just hit so much harder. And so to sit there with, you know, my wife and my newborn baby and even though like friggin Eleanor doesn't care, she doesn't know what's happening. Like just she experienced these movies with me. And so that yeah. will forever be like such a strong thing there's something really special about watching things with your newborn i don't know like i i, I totally relate what you're saying too like my daughter first night she came from the hospital i watched wonder woman with her or i watched it and she snuggled the night you know but it was really special so like that and then um when my son crew was a baby and i'd get up with him in the night to feed him i would watch the show the good place i don't know if you've ever seen that one yeah and so that show will always be associated with crew as he was like a brand new baby and like those early those you know middle of the night feeds waking him up and or getting up with them and there's something special about that so i totally i can i can relate to what you're saying with that but so like with that question i know i know it seems like a cop-out but it's like there's there's two feet in each camp where it's like both of them are so special because of instances with that um in fact i have a i have a picture of me like holding Eleanor for the first time and we just had stuff going on. It'll come back to it. It was Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> it was on just like on the iPad. We were just throwing like some movies on just to have it. And so I'm sitting there and she has this picture of me just holding my newborn daughter watching Star Wars. And it's like this like snake eating its own tail. It's just like it goes around like this yeah. end circle and stuff. And so you're like, here you go. Here's your first movie. <laughs> yeah, here you go, kid. So when she's on the podcast in 20 years, she can be like, A New Hope, my dad. No, I was this is the first thing she ever saw. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, what is a movie that made you laugh the most? This, this is another one that I had to really think because, like, when you answered this question, Thomas – were you thinking about like the first time you saw it or like consistently the thing that still makes you laugh? So, yeah, I just had a really hard time because I was thinking about it. What is the movie that is like the funniest movie to me? And I don't know why I was having a really hard coming coming up with that. And then I looked at the question I, and it was worded, what movie has made you laugh the most? So I was like, well, if I'm thinking about it from that perspective, I would say, and I shared Shrek 2 and the movie Dodgeball, which I actually ended up watching Dodgeball like the next night. And it was still pretty funny, but it, it, it's not the movie that made me laugh the most. In that moment in time, it did when I was 15 and same as Shrek 2. Um, so I don't know. It's it's I guess it's up to interpretation how you want to answer it, because um, I would probably have a different answer if, if it was like, what's the funniest movie? Um <clears throat> 
So, Which also, yeah. when you said that, you said Shrek 2, and I was like, heck yeah, Shrek 2's hilarious. And Tim was like, I don't think I've ever seen that. And I was like, Tim, what? I, <laughs> you haven't seen Shrek 2? It's so funny. I was, uh, one time I was driving up to Utah when Olivia, she was almost three, and crew was a, he was still a baby. And Shrek 2 was on. She was watching it on, like, the car DVD player, just, like, all, it was, like, a 10-hour road trip, and that's what kept her occupied. I just loved listening to it. Like, there's so many parts in my head that I could just go back and quote. And, like, um, anyways, yeah, I love that movie, so. <laughs> so along those lines, um, one in more recent years that gets me every time, like, it, it's one that I'll just turn on and I just, like, giggle. Like, almost on a near-constant basis when it's on. Um, and the movie is The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, good one. Yeah, that's a great... That that one just, like, it's, like, every time it is so funny because it's, like, the exact type of humor that I love and that is so prevalent in, like, a lot of the stuff that I have. Like, Wes Anderson is so spot on. Like, every every frame, every moment is just so funny and it's so quotable. So So that's one that, like, I've gotten so much good, like, giggle mileage out of. Um, but then when I was thinking about this, kind of like with, was it your sister-in-law who was like, yeah, was it Home Alone 2 for you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like that, I, I asked my wife this question. She was like, it's Tommy Boy, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think with this, the movie that I laughed the most or that has made me laugh the most, I think it has to be Tommy Boy. Yeah. That, oh, That's talk about another, like, Moss family, like, quotable movie. That one, oh, we will throw insults around like no other from that movie. That could be an Olsen family one, too. So, and when I was answering this question, it was kind of like, I was, Tommy Boy and Dumb and Dumber were, like, two big ones for me. But, yeah, Tommy Boy, like, the part when he's like, what'd you do? You know, like, that, my dad used to quote that, too. Which my dad, I don't feel like quotes a lot of movies, but, like, that was... Um, he, he quoted Tommy Boy. <laughs> That's that movie has some lines that are just like the phrase, the exact same with my family. Like the phrase like "What did you do?" Like is such a nondescript, but when you say it, like "What did you do?" Like yeah. immediately you know exactly what it is from, and it just unlocks memories. Right. Of us watching that one again when we were way too young to be watching it. Yeah, same. I watched that movie like, when I was like in kindergarten, maybe. Like I don't, I don't. It's. I remember being very young. But again, it was just one of those like every time I think about that, we would turn it on, and just it would be me and my siblings just like laughing hysterically. We would be quoting it like I would be doing like the Chris Farley movements, and it, it was just a movie that. Again, it's one of those that's forever ingrained in my mind. And like like some of the other ones, like I would never say no to watching it. And even if like everything doesn't land as much as it did back in the day, like I will still laugh like heartily out loud at like so many moments from that movie. Yeah. So just like the thought of like what movie has made you laugh the most. Like I, I think about that one a lot with that, just like how many times we watched it and how often we laughed. And then subsequently like inside jokes or just quoting that movie all the time will send 
any of my siblings just like in a fit of laughter like gut busting laughter as we just like make fun of each other and use quotes from that or like anything from that and so that that one i think has gotten some of the most laughter per moments and like gas mileage from that alone like that film has done so much like it's so funny yeah that's a good one yeah i love that movie it's been a while since i've watched it so uh all right let's see what is a movie everyone should see at least everyone should what is a movie that everyone should watch at least once in their lifetime this one came instantaneously um and that movie is jaws Mm, that's a good one yeah um I have such an interesting story with this movie. Uh, The first time I ever saw it was my family was on a California vacation. I believe it was the first time I saw the ocean. And the night before we were going to go to the beach, my brother was like, hey, you want to watch a movie? And he made me watch Jaws. (laughs) And scared the crap out of me. Um, oh, I have crazy. since I have since never gone in the ocean <laughs> and never will. But um, so that that was the initial one. But then growing up, I had this like obsession with this film because I don't. It was so good, and it like we said before with horror films, like certain types of horror I love, and I think this one goes in this category where it's like. The film is terrifying, but it's so well done. And it is a film that I think changed, like, so much. I mean, the the summer blockbuster is Jaws. Like, it is because of that. And it's one of those movies that the more you watch it, the more you find and the more you see and the more you realize that even though Steven Spielberg was still pretty young in his like filmmaking career with this he made what one could say is like a perfect film um and especially talking along the lines of like comfort items i don't know if you do this but i love like re-listening to stuff that i find interesting and a lot of that is podcasts so one that you turned me on to was um Oh my gosh, I'm gonna feel like such a fool now. Zaki Hassan. Oh, the movie film. Movie film. Yeah, yeah. Um, Their commentary on Jaws is so good and so fascinating, and I've listened to it probably like eight to nine times. That's awesome. (laughs) I I listened to a few of their commentaries more than once too. So yeah, that's really cool. So like that that one especially like you can tell how much they love that movie, and again how much it shaped the landscape of like what movies could be. And you just see little things like this last time I listened to it when they were like, yeah, you know, Brody, when he's in the, the meeting of like the town council meeting, like he's on the other side of like the gate. And then the mayor like is telling him to like, come over to the other side. And it's like, yeah, that's you like understanding, like he's an outsider Mm. and coming into the society. And I was like, wait, what? And so, like, the next time I watched Jaws, I was like, holy crap, like, it does these little things, and it it does something so smart where every little detail 
tells you something about the movie, tells you something about the story, which I think gets lost a lot in films now where, you know, I love movies nowadays, but a lot of stuff has to be kind of like explained like a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if you've noticed that in like some movies and stuff, but everything seems to like, you kind of have to almost force feed like a lot of people to it where Jaws is like, a mile a minute you are getting story beats you are getting foreshadowing with stuff and it is so tight it is so good and you don't see the shark until a certain point and that is such an effective scare and such an effective like boogeyman horror to that film that adds this tension and then uh, john williams just slap that like it's this this like amazing like mountain of everything so good with it that I do think that that's one of the movies that like anyone should see like especially if you're interested in filmmaking or story beats writing even if you just like good movies (laughs) like that's one that I think everyone should see at least once in their life because it is um I mean we've talked about it before Thomas where like and anybody that's out there that hasn't heard, like, I, I keep, like, a running list of movies that I think are as close to perfect movie experiences as possible. Like, films that are, like, so well done and just are, like, the peak, the top of their game, like, as a movie experience. And Jaws is heartily on that list. Like, it is so good and it is such a deep like incredible story (laughs) so yeah definitely i think i think jaws everyone should see at least once in their life for sure i i totally agree i i revisited it very beginning of the pandemic like pretty early into it and i remember like and it had been a while since i'd seen it so it was really good it was like a good refresher and i remember feeling like man there's so many parallels of this movie of what's going on in the world today too like just how Oh. <laughs> some people are scared of the shark some people aren't and all these things and it just was like mind-blowing as i was watching it <laughs> i was like and then the other big thing that stood out to me was john williams score like you said but which of course the like da, 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 like that's iconic but the uh the end title music that plays is like it's like so beautiful and i got really into yoga around that time and so i had this like yoga playlist and that was on my yoga playlist because it was very like serene and like calming like but i would never have thought that a song from jaws would would be on my my yoga playlist (laughs) so oh yeah that's such a good movie i mean because you have like the the indianapolis speech Mm. like that's that's one of the most incredible monologues in film history like that that moment like they're they're joking around and they're laughing and they're becoming friends and all this stuff and then just laser focus that moment gets so intense and you're just like um okay like it just draws you in and so much about the characters for it is so good yeah. and like like you said like that movie is just as prevalent today like my favorite meme is the like if you if you think your vote doesn't count, like just remember that the mayor from Jaws is still the mayor in Jaws too. So go out there and vote. Like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. With, with the whole pandemic thing, like not taking it serious or like 
all of these different parallels to it. Like it's it's such a prescient movie even still today. Right. Uh, and yes, some people may say like, oh, the shark looks kind of dumb, and I would just clap back with, um, I haven't stepped foot in the water since, so yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's still effective. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's go to the next one. So what is a movie that has been difficult for you to watch or get through, and uh, what was it about that movie that made it maybe challenging for you? <clears throat> um, if I said The Dark Knight, right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you, Thomas. No, um, no, it's okay. And and oh. anyone that knows, like, on another podcast, Tim and I always like to make jabs at Jeffrey about The Dark Knight Rises, which, you know, he and I love, and Jeffrey, I think you're more mixed on, with, but uh, it's always been a fun running gag, so. <laughs> mixed is nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, along those lines, though, um, a movie came out a couple years ago, <clears throat> called joker that that movie was incredibly difficult for me um so going into it like i i to my knowledge i've never walked out of a movie um that one got really difficult for me and i didn't walk out of it but there was a couple times where just the entirety of me just sitting there, I felt so alone and so like sad for what was happening. So with that, like Joaquin Phoenix's performance is magnificent. He got the Oscar. He deserved that Oscar because he, he threw himself into this performance and he did such a good job, especially with a character that, has been done so many times and everyone kind of said like had the supreme performance already done in 2008 um so that was like a daunting task and so i i will never like i will never crap on his performance or say anything like that but just for me as a, a person um again if you don't mind getting a little deep um as as somebody who has like severe depression and anxiety like ups and downs it was just really intense to watch basically somebody go through that and just fall apart on screen like to such an extent and to such a degree like yeah. that was hard <laughs> And that was difficult, especially with me as a as a as a person. Um, a lot of things in movies don't bother me too bad, or like in in media, except for when it's cruel. That's one thing that just like sends my body like shrill, like I can't handle stuff like that. And that movie just hit so hard in a lot of those categories. <laughs> that yeah it's yeah it's a pretty cruel movie at times and so just to see like how do you say this without it sounding bad but like to see yourself in arthur fleck to even like a, a minuscule degree was so hard 
and especially like as as a person who goes through like highs and super lows like to to feel like this movie was almost relishing sometimes in that was difficult mm-hmm. and i mean i know like that type of subject matter can be very difficult for people to experience and i think it was good to have that in the forefront of the conversation but for me sometimes it wasn't it wasn't done as well as it could have been like the whole like mental health argument and the whole mental health like discussion in that film i think wasn't always portrayed in the best light and because you know there there is a lot like as a whole like i think mental health is such an important thing for everyone and it's something that thankfully is coming to light a lot more i mean you and and tim i sure well aware of like that where it's it's such an important thing for people to understand and to talk about and do and so to have a movie that i know people might get on me but like glorify it a little it's hard yeah like especially with that character it's so hard to distinguish it from like the joker is bad (laughs) He is not a good person to like everyone still loving that character <laughs> it is is very hard and I, and I know like that I mean that's the reason why Batman will forever be one of the biggest and like best superheroes is like he has this rogues gallery that is terrifying and so good and so I mean we'll we'll get these characters and these conversations for years to come because it it hits so close to home where like horror in general is like enthralling and like the horror genre is a little titillating. It's a little exciting to be there. And I think that's the same with characters that the Batman faces. There there will always be an element of horror to it because the scariest stuff is real. And I think Joker hit so close to all of those things and it felt just a little too real and a little too cruel and so that that's one that like it it was really difficult again the movie is gorgeous it is it is incredibly well done it is tight it like moves at such an intense pace and it is a brilliant movie um i've seen it once i don't think i will ever watch it again yeah. <laughs> yeah. First off, thanks that, for sharing that. Personal, that got off on a so personal about it. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I appreciate that, and I think it's that's such an interesting movie because I remember when it came out, it, one of the most controversial talked about movies I feel like we've had in a long time, where it's like people were, you know, saying it's the greatest, one of the greatest superhero films, which I don't want to even say it's a superhero film because it's not really. A, superheroic i guess but it's uh Eventually a superhero yeah yeah in the in the slightest sense yeah in a lot of ways it's smart by the filmmakers to take a character like that and really just do a character study essentially is i think what they wanted to do of like a person descending into becoming a psychopath almost like that's and they just decided to use a household name like the joker you know but 
Oh yeah. Um, I remember seeing it and like, you know, at the time I was working as a therapist and I had a client that was, he'd see the trailers and he was like terrified to see it because he was terrified. You know, he struggled a lot of with these really intense negative self beliefs about himself that he was this awful person and that eventually he would break to the point of like what Arthur Fleck does in that movie. And, you know, and so like on, that was something that we literally would work on in, in our sessions on like, cause he wanted to see it. Cause he was like a big fan of the genre, you know, like we were like you and I are. And um, anyway, I appreciate you sharing that experience because I think um, I came out of it just kind of mixed. Like I thought, like you said, the production values, the acting, the, the score, there's so many good things about it, the, the way it's directed, but it's not, like you said, it's not the movie for the faint of heart. And it's not like something that, some people are going to get different meanings from it. And I, one of the positive takes I see on it is that it's, it's, Oh, it's supposed to raise awareness of like how we treat each other and the, the effect of mental illness has on people. But then the other argument is like, yeah, but just because you have depression or anxiety or some sort of mental illness does not mean you are going to become a psychopath murderer like the Joker does. And so it's such a really conflicting movie. And uh, I, yeah, anyways, I'm glad you shared that. So it was one of those, like, as you're sitting there, like, I'm, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm a good person. Like, I, I'm not, like, intent, like, you know, all these things. But then there's, like, that little modicum of you where you have to, like, when you sit through a movie like that, you have to convince yourself all the time where you're like, I'm a good person, right? Like, uh, no, like, I'm, uh, and so that, that was, again, part of that where it was just this intense, like, barrage of emotions that hit that you know you just have to sit there and constantly like tell yourself like this isn't like this this wouldn't happen like right you're you're a you're a better person like you you do good and it's it's so yeah it, it was just a weird experience where like i would never even in a billion years do anything even remotely like that but there was that little bit of you just like that had to convince yourself be like mm. no i like and so yeah it, it was just like this weird again like we said like it's it's gorgeous and that's not to bag on anyone's opinion on that movie i think that's that's something that we always make super clear on any podcast we've been in where it's like if you if you got something great out of a movie if it means a lot to you like good like I love that. Like it's it's never a bag on anybody. But yeah, for me that movie was just super difficult. <laughs> yeah. But you end, didn't say that about fan four stick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you love fan four stick, good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm happy for whatever um, magical world you live in. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember if we talked about this or not yet, but, you know, they are doing a sequel to The Joker with Lady Gaga, and apparently it's supposed to be a musical. What are your thoughts on that? Are you, I, you see it, or what do you... I have no idea what to think about that, because, like, yeah. they, they, the initial ideas were, like, kind of leaked, where they were like, dude, I'm hearing it might be, like, a musical with Lady Gaga, and I was like, there's no way. And then they announced that, like, that's what it's going to be, and so... I don't know what to think this movie will even remotely be. Like, yeah, same. Just, just no idea. It sounds like in some ways it could be a complete tonal shift even, potentially. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but who knows. 
and and with so, that it's like <laughs> I, I i always say it the same with art where like something will latch on to you maybe it's something that you haven't even thought of like an art style or like something to express yourself like something will latch on to you and that's like you'll be obsessed with it so like with todd glass like if he wanted to do this intense deep dark dive into this character but then is obsessed with telling this other different type of story like good for you man <laughs> like it'll be interesting to see and so I, I i don't know maybe if it's i don't know i'll have to look and see into it and maybe i don't know maybe it'll be completely bonkers and completely out there and i don't know maybe it'll be really interesting yeah definitely um well shifting gears then to our next question so what is the most inspiring film you've ever seen this this was another hard one because i when you think of inspirational films thomas what do you immediately think of so the first thing that comes to mind is remember the titans <laughs> yeah like sports films like that's that's yeah, immediately yeah. what like i thought of because i think like sports films are so designed to inspire like literally like that's like the whole purpose of them is to have this underdog story that is meant to make you feel so good and so brilliant and, and sports like, are such a like a simplistic way to demonstrate that you know even if I've, i i i know a lot of people that have said like i don't play sports but i still like a good sports movie because you can relate to that you know it and or at least not relate to the sport but to the the struggle of it i guess or the feeling and the you know they, they go through it so that 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 was what my mindset was going into it like like you said i i, I do not play sports i do not care <laughs> if, if you enjoy sports good for you i'm so happy but it, it's never been something that's like interested me but like you said there is something about like the simplicity of you have a team you have underdogs you have you know people that are there that are striving to be better and like something will go wrong that will desperately like put them in the depths of sorrow but then they rise back up and they do awesome um, and so that was super on my mind when I thought about this. And so I love how we talked about the deep intensities of Joker. And then I'm going to say the term cool runnings and everyone's going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love the film cool runnings so much. It's that's another one of those like Moss family staples, like one that we would watch all the time. And again, coming from this area of not really liking sports, but loving comedy and loving film and loving just feeling uplifted and inspired. Anybody that has not seen the movie Cool Runnings, A, you're missing out. Um, B, it, it tells the story of the first Jamaican bobsled team, which again is a hilarious premise. It just is. <laughs> And all the actors are so funny and they do such a good job at being a team, but then also being a family. And so, again, I know this is a super weird thing to say is inspiring. Um, but you go through this film and the whole time. 
this team is so desperate to prove themselves and they are the underdogs the entire time like so the entire like olympic like everybody at the olympics is like what what are you guys doing here like this is ridiculous and all this stuff and so they're constantly trying to prove themselves and it leads up to one of the most beautiful endings to a film i've ever seen in my life um thomas i'm assuming you have seen the film yeah yeah definitely many times so slight spoilers but they this team has has constantly proved themselves they are getting better and better and they're doing amazing and then in that final race um something goes wrong with the bobsled and so they are derailed and that final segment where you know the team is like disqualified like they're out of it they can't win they can't do all this stuff but they refuse to give up and they carry that bobsled to the finish line and that moment where everyone is like standing and everyone is clapping and like you feel this energy so strongly and that end scene gets me every time and again it's 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 like scushed between hilarious jokes hilarious characters and situations and then to end on such a beautiful high and such a beautiful story of no matter what do not give up on yourself and do not let people tell you what you cannot do or what you cannot be and to me that a it's a movie that i watched all the time because we loved it um, and the more I think about it as an adult, especially, it's so inspiring. And it makes me, as dumb as it sounds, feel like I can be a better person. And I can truly strive to do the best that I can. Um, the team itself, as a kid, was always like super funny, super cool, this really interesting dynamic. And then the older I get, the more I love the John Candy character, the coach. Yeah. I watched it about a year ago and his character really stood out to me. His whole arc that he goes through. (laughs) And so again, it's this funny family film that is layered with instances of not feeling good enough or regret or being belittled. And so it it has all these moments that hit so impactfully. And then again, for that final sequence, like you want to just stand up and start clapping as well with everybody. (laughs) And so, again, I know it's kind of a ridiculous thing, but this was like the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, I, I always feel like a better person when I watch this movie and I feel inspired to just get up and like do stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I, I love that movie. It's I watched, like I said, about a year ago, and I found it really inspiring, very meaningful. Like the, you said, like you're saying, John Candy's whole story of like him having to essentially like <clears throat> confront his shame and past mistakes. And then there's a line in the movie, too, that and I just pulled it up because I it really it says a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never you'll never be enough with it. And that 
I remember like hearing that and that just like really stayed with me. It's like essentially it's about not really caring what other people think about, but doing it for yourself. And like when they all have to walk through the finish line at the end of the movie and they're technically disqualified, it's still really powerful because that's essentially the message of the movie. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a great, that's a great movie. Like, like especially just remembering, like watching it as a kid, like it was always like a funny movie with like a really cool, inspiring ending. And like you said, like the more I watch it now, the more I'm like, there are so many amazing messages in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's such like a, a powerful thing to have. And like you said, like there's elements of redemption. There's elements of finding who you are and what you stand for. And again, I, I know it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say inspires you. But like when you watch it, I, I dare you not to feel like you're on top of the world at the end of that movie and yeah. just like you can take on anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a, it's a great story about failure too. And, and learning to be okay with losing and things not going the way you want it to go. And so, um, well, awesome. Well, thanks Jeffrey. That's a good one. I'm just a bag of fun tricks. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's been awesome. Choices. <laughs> um, all right, we got two more questions. So, what last second to last one? What is your favorite movie quote? Um, again, I'm going to fudge a little bit, and I have two of them. Um, so one of them is kind of a more fun, like quirky thing that is from one of my probably top ten all time favorite movies, um, and that's "Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around." Once in a while, you could miss it. Um, the famous Ferris Bueller. Oh, right, right. Okay. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I know this one, but I couldn't remember where it's from. I, I I love the movie Ferris Bueller so much. It is, again, it's one of those, like, I remember watching it probably when I was way too young. And so it's just one that has stuck with me for forever. I, I love John Hughes so much. His work is absolutely insane. <laughs> like, it's so good. And that quote, it's a goofy line, but at the same time, it has such meaning. You know, where it literally says, like, life moves fast, like, take time, like, be adventurous, be crazy, do these things. Like, you you see all the stuff that he does in the movie, and it's like, well, that's insane. Like, you can't do all of that. But even just taking a modicum of that, of just living your life and being a little more chaotic in a good way is so good because life does move so fast yeah so yeah that's just one that I've, I've always appreciated and i've always loved that's always just kind of stuck with me um the other one again it's kind of two but it's two quotes that happen kind of simultaneously um we've talked about it before thomas that the Lord of the Rings is such a, a special um, film series for me. Um, so, like, growing up, my parents would always make sure to take time to, before bed every night, would read to me. Um, it was just this fun tradition that we had that I, I've appreciated, and it's like, 
really shaped my love of fantasy and literature and sci-fi, like all these things. And so um, with my mom, it was Harry Potter. And then with my dad, he read me Lord of the Rings. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just something I, I still can't even get through those books on my own. Like, so that's they, pretty they are <laughs> So I think about me being like freaking like eight or nine, like listening to my dad read Lord of the Rings. I, I have no idea how, <laughs> but um, so those, those movies especially stand out so strongly to me and they are such a special core memory for me. And so when the movies were happening, like my dad and I were so excited and we were so ready for these to hit. And so there's two lines from Return of the King that I, I don't think will ever leave me. And they mean so much um, because it's two lines that I think really solidify who the true heroes of the Lord of the Rings are. I'm curious if you have any idea what they are, Thomas. I'm so curious what it is. Oh, I mean, true heroes of the series, I'm guessing Frodo and Sam. So the first one is when all odds are against them, when they're at the Black Gate and those doors open up and these armies are crashing through, um, Aragorn has this moment where he's tempted. Basically, Sauron is like, you know, I can give you power, like I can do all these things. And the line is delivered so beautifully and so much of like Viggo Mortensen's like eyes in the scene where he leans back and he just says for Frodo mm. are so powerful <laughs> and so strong. And it's this beautiful thing where in that moment, like Aragorn knows what he has to do and he is more than willing to do anything to right the wrongs that he feels like his ancestry has done. And so that's such a powerful, strong line. On the other side as well, kind of happening almost concurrently, probably my all-time favorite is um, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. I was thinking that was going to be... <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> Sorry. Give me... <laughs> Um, that line is so beautiful. And it's literally one of those moments where Samwise Gamgee is, he is the hero of the Lord of the Rings. Like he, I mean, Tolkien has said, like, that is his story. Um, and in that moment, just to have true love, true respect between these two characters and to have that moment where like Frodo cannot go on <laughs> and it's something that he has to carry. It's something that he has to do. And then to have Sam be there, be like, I can't do it, but I can do this for you is so powerful. And again, the, the return of the King, <sighs> um, is such a powerful film. And that last, like, that last little bit goes on for a while, but like that last like 40 minutes of that movie are so filled with emotion and so powerful and so beautiful that 
I think those two lines, as as small as they are, I mean, it's what, like, freaking 10, 15 words at most, like those two lines, I think are some of the most powerful that have ever been spoken. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but think about those moments and what you feel every time that happens and just the power and the love that are in both of those. And, like, the two actors that did them, oh, gosh will just crumb yeah. your heart and so i think those especially will always stand out for me as some of the most beautiful well delivered and most powerful lines in any movie i think i think what you said too is like the the delivery of it because i've heard i've actually heard people critique the sam gamgee line when he's like i can't carry the ring but i can carry whatever and i think yeah maybe in a lesser actor or someone that's not given the right material that line might not be good but that in that moment like you said there's so much more that it's just so beautiful the way it comes together so yeah that's that's a great one so i mean like we said before like it felt like they fit the entire like first two or like first three phases of the mcu in these three films like there was so much emotion and it was such this huge high that, yeah, like, even though we only had, like, three movies with these characters, like, there was such power to, like, what the actors did with these characters, that they felt so real, and there was something about the music, the cinematography, everything about those sequences especially that are so powerful, and I think are just perfect in how they were delivered, how they were done. Yeah, definitely. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing that. So this is our final question now. Um, and this is, um, so if you had to give one film out as a gift to every person you meet for the rest of your life, what movie would that be? <clears throat> I know that I just soliloquied basically about how beautiful The Lord of the Rings is. And I know this is going to be the weirdest choice ever. But again, like snapshot in life, this was the first thing that popped in my head. I want to go back to the first question. I talked about some of the genres that I love, and we talked about the comfort and cozy. Um, with this question. I'm so curious now. I thought I knew what this was going to be, but now I'm like, what? Is it? <laughs> what did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to come full circle with Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, that is a good one. That is really yeah. good. I, so I, I, I was talking to my wife about this, and we thought, like, the question itself, like, if, if I had to give a film out to every new person I met, what would I want them to know? What would I want them to feel? And I think feel is especially that first thing, because, you know, like, genres are so difficult for people. Like, if, if you're not into sci-fi, like, very little will probably change your mind. <laughs> Um, so with this, I thought I would want to give somebody comfort. I would want to give them something relatable, something that they can cozy up to and feel good. And so <laughs> this is going to be such like, this is such a good, like, period point. Just to, like, <laughs> a drum roll too. Like, yeah, who I am as a person, because it's going to be out of left field. I don't think anyone's going to guess this. 
I think this movie does such a good job at being relatable, being fun, being sweet, being romantic, being funny. And so I think it wraps up so much of what I love in movies in, in such a fun, like, in a blanket and just have a beautiful night. And so to give that to people, to have them have a cozy, sweet, beautiful night together, I would give out You've Got Mail. Oh, wow. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> right? That that was like the first thing that popped into my head where it's like, I I love rom-coms and I love You've Got Mail so much. It's one that, again, I will watch constantly and wrapping back around to it, it's one that is so funny, is so sweet and has such a good message to it. And I think... If I'm going to give something out to people, I want to spread that joy. I want to spread those good vibes. And I think that is just such a fun, quirky movie that I think anybody can find something in it that relates to them. I know, again, it's super weird. It's super out of left field. But it's one of those, again, that I dare anyone to watch and not find something that they relate to or something that they love. And to have it all wrapped up with just this sweet, sweet, sentimental feeling of love and, you know, cherishing what you have and growing as a human being. Again, that's, super weird. Yeah, but hey. that, was, that was that was a very left field pick. And I but I love it. So that's that's actually what I love about you, Jeffrey. You usually always you always have those those really interesting picks. So. Dude, I gotta. I don't know if I've actually seen You've Got Mail. I'm like trying to rack. I was like, I feel like maybe I'm. I think like I have a memory of my mom renting it as a kid and like watching it with her a bit, but like not watching the whole thing. But otherwise, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen it. So, I, uh, I am a wild card, Thomas. <laughs> we found that out a lot over the years. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, it's. I don't know. Again, I know I've used the term a lot, but cinema is magical like there is something just beautiful and sweet and sentimental about what it is that we feel when we latch onto a movie and again like I was talking about my wife and I were talking about this and it was like you know we could give out like Lord of the Rings or like stuff like this but it's like those are things that like a lot of people have experienced or like in the zeitgeist and so it's like it almost felt like giving somebody gift wrapped like joy and like a cozy feeling. And I yeah. think so much of that, especially in the last couple of years, like people just. Need Definitely, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, especially I, like I, as, as a gift to anybody I meet, like here is just an hour and a half of the, the sweetest good vibes that you could have. Like enjoy, be sweet, be kind, be nice and just experience love. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. And I, 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 uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this up, I just want to say I really appreciate how thoughtful you were with these questions. Like, I, I think that's like, you know, if I was getting that present from you and I knew it was a movie, <laughs> I would have not be anticipating you've got mail. But I, I think it's awesome. Like, and I, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go watch that now. Um, but I've loved this conversation and this is really exactly what I wanted to out of this podcast and i love the, the the range we've had you know talking about from nightmare for christmas to joker to lord of the rings to avengers to uh uh to, to you've got mail so it's been it's been 
fun to like dive through all that with you. No, it, Thomas, this this has been an absolute pleasure. Every, every time we do a show together, it's just so much fun. And I mean, li- like we've found out, and you know, if people have watched superhero movie podcasts or not, like that's what I always love about conversations like this is I always come away loving movies even more. <laughs> um, and so just like, as always, like, thank you for just being uplifting and just loving, loving this medium so much and bringing that out in everybody that's here. Like it, it's always fun yeah. to chat and always talk about this stuff that we love and yeah. love it even more. No, thank you. Well, thank you for coming on and being the, the technically the first guest. So it's been, uh, it's been exciting. It's been a great honor. So, uh, Jeffrey, do you have anything you want to plug or if you have anything going on that you want listeners to check out if they want to keep I, it? I mean, I, I've been pretty low key, on, like all social yeah. media. I've kind of taken a yeah, same. I'm ear break. Um, I can't even remember what. Oh, the the Etsy stuff. Yeah, if anybody has any like interest in that um jeffra j-e-f-f-r-a-h prints um or hampton press is kind of like the social media stuff that we have um a lot of it is just super nerdy fun cute quaint stuff we talk about like nerdy nurseries a lot where it's just like getting your kids into like star Wars and nightmare before Christmas and Harry Potter, like all this fun stuff that like our generation, especially just like loves. And so as, as we have kids and as we do all this fun stuff, it's so fun to share stuff with your kids that you are obsessed with like star Wars. Whenever my daughter picks up the lightsaber and makes lightsaber noises, like something inside me just like, freaking like my heart grows three times that size <laughs> like every time it's just so sweet and sentimental and so that's just been fun and yeah other than that just be chill be cool be happy i know it's rough out there sometimes but yeah yeah <laughs> so well jeffrey i appreciate this once again and uh thank you everyone for tuning in and listening um and if you want to be a guest on the show please reach out to me i'd love to i'm always open to to having new people and meeting new people so you can uh, best place to contact me, I guess, if you know me personally, you can just text me or whatever. But uh, um, I don't have an email yet set up for the website or for the podcast. So just find me on Instagram is probably the best way at Tommy Olson 88. Um, and if you liked what you heard, please leave a leave us a five star rating on um, Apple Podcasts. That helps the show get more recognized. So thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.